to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. There's really fucking important issues going on in the world right now. Concentrating on uh, trying to cancel a comedy site who's been doing it for two decades and has a mountain of evidence to support that they're just trying to be funny is not the best use of time. And not only that, I hate to break it to you guys, but whenever you try to cancel us and do these movements that pop up once every couple of years, it only makes us stronger because normal people want an escape for a couple fucking seconds from this fucked up world. And that's all we're trying to do. And it just makes them like us more. So all right, keep trying to cancel us. We'll keep growing stronger. And when you're miserable and dead and fucking off doing your own thing, in the next decade, we'll still be here doing us and you'll still be losing sleep about it. That's just how it goes. You see this mug ain't going anywhere. Wednesday is upon us again. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on the boycotting, ever boycotted, uh, yeah, every company in the world right now is trying to boycott Facebook, but you can still find me on there for now. Oh, how the kingdoms crumble at facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Or if you just want to be my friend, you can go to facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. And of course, you can find me on TikTok until, well, that just got shut, shut down by the Indian government. Uh, but for now, it's still illegal in America. America. Uh, at Positive Sarcasm. What a shit show for news this week. But there's one article I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to an article that I've been holding off for for about a whole week. I got an Instagram post from Dub Davidoff, comedian Dub Davidoff. And there is a CNET article that about drones in Mount Everest at, 28, 000, at over 28,000 feet. Uh, it must have been a really nice day up there. 
And, of course, nuclear power uh, coming this way in small quantities. And then, of course, uh, I wanted to, hopefully, if we get a chance, I want to round out to uh, NPR. There's an article regarding China. We talked about China and their uh, relationship with Hong Kong and the protests. I made a big thing about it because there was a lot of hypocrisy going on with NBA players and uh, them really just keeping their mouth shut so they could continue to earn that Nike money and continue to play and make all that huge China money. And uh, so they kept their mouth shut there. So there's that. Uh, there was the Alphabet owned company. Uh, what are they doing here? Alphabet owned Verily suspended employee bonuses to fund diversity initiatives. Yeah, great fucking idea. And uh, let's see, Barstool Sports. That, you can go and check that out. I'm not really going to dive into that one. That's all about cancel culture. And, of course, Q&A. But I want to get right into it. This is one I've been holding off for an entire week. So with this whole COVID thing, some companies some companies are, well, some companies are basically, their hands are tied because they're in certain states. Like, for example, California, they're, they're going backwards, whereas Florida's like, fuck it, let's just keep shit open. Texas is like, I don't know, we'll just see what happens. New Hampshire's like, we're almost at full capacity. And it's we don't know, but there are some companies that are um, we're like you know what we're moving we're going full steam ahead, and we need money we need money now we don't care how we get it we don't care who gets sick if they get sick at all and if they do get sick what's the recovery we don't give a shit fucking pile them in and oddly enough that one company uh one well, one of them is American Airlines, and for a while like Delta and Spirit and JetBlue all of them were running at smaller capacity for the most part they were actually grounded. But when those every time a plane, when you think about it, there's like two, three hundred passengers, and that plane is grounded, and those planes run everywhere. They are, those planes are constantly getting refueled, getting back up in the air. They're constantly staffed, twenty four seven, being inspected. That's a lot of money going back and forth. That's just one plane, and this is we're talking about American Airlines having their entire fleet practically grounded. With uh, very little uh, federal compensation. Now, your argument as far as whether or not they should have been compensated, whether or not they should fail, that's a different discussion. I'm talking about the fact that they were losing money and their operating operating capacity. And it's not the first time that an airline would fail. Tons of airlines have failed. Pan Am uh, and uh, TWA, gone. Gone they are. Uh, Northwest Airlines, they're gone too. So airlines have a history of disappearing on us. But American Airlines is like, fuck it. We're going to go down fighting. And I I don't even think I'm the biggest fan of American Airlines, but they are one of the largest in the country. And they're like, we're going to book to full capacity. Not 60% capacity, not 88% capacity, full. We are filling up the plane 100%. And according to this, this is according to AP News. So American Airlines will start booking flights to full capacity next week. That's this week. Ending any effort to promote... So, no more social distancing. If you're in coach, good luck to you. Then you really should worry. Uh, you still... I think it's still right now you have to wear face masks when you are traveling on plate pl- uh, planes regardless. Uh, let's see. As far as new coronavirus cases, apparently they are skyrocketing in states. Some of them that actually took... Some states that opened up early and some states that didn't open up early, uh, such as California, Florida, and Texas. But even though the cases are going up, Americans, American Airlines' move matches the policy of United Airlines, but contrasts sharply with rivals that limit booking, booking excuse me, to create space between passengers to minimize the risk of contagion. The pilots' union at American hopes that the airline reconsiders 
and instead decides to add more flights using idle planes and crews. American said Friday that it will continue to notify customers if their flight is likely to be full and let them change flights at no extra cost. The airline said it will also let passengers change seats on the plane if there is room and if they can stay in the same cabin. I'm wondering, I'm thinking these flights are going to be absolutely 100% full. If people can travel, they will travel. And at the most, they were, they'll wear maybe gloves and a mask. Delta says it will, let's see, since April, since April, American has limited bookings to 85% of the plane's capacity by leaving about half middle seats open. However, the airline will start selling every seat and probably overbooking uh, beginning next Wednesday because some people have been stuck for the longest time where they are. Uh, Delta says it is capping seats at 60% capacity and Southwest at about 67%, both through September 30th. JetBlue says it will leave middle seats empty through July 31st. I'm not sure how the... Oh, middle seats. Okay, so that gives you, what, three feet of space? Uh, let's see. Unless the person is traveling with a passenger in an adjoining seat. United, Spirit, and now American, however, are taking a different approach, arguing that other steps, including stepped-up cleaning procedures and requiring all passengers to wear face coverings, eliminate the need to block some seats. United CEO Scott Kirby said social distancing is impossible on planes anyways, He's kind of right. Uh, if you actually want to make money, you have to pack them in. That even with empty middle seats, people are less than six feet away, which I just said. Photos and, photos and videos of full flights on American and United have drawn criticism for their lack of social distancing. As they said, doesn't they don't care. They want to fill up those seats. Uh, let's see. They're talking about the COVID infections. Uh, All-time high, 40,000 on Friday, ellipsing the record set April 24th. We are in the midst of it, as they state, and we are in, um, what do you call it, in a possible second wave. There has been massive concern as far as, well, let me, let me put it to you this way. We don't even, I don't think we have a choice. In my, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think we have a choice in the matter. As far as the masks go, yes, a lot of the states, including the state that I live in, are urging people, if you go out in public, wear a mask. That will... Uh, and according to most of the scientists that I know and respect, that will eliminate the spread of it almost altogether. However, as far as opening back up, right now it's now or never. People need to make money. People need to make money in order to survive. Businesses are closing left and right. Houses are going up for sale left and right. We have no choice but to reopen and reopen soon. So they have to figure something out Whatever the fuck it is, if it's a vaccine or hundreds of thousands of people die or if it's all bullshit or if it's somewhere in between, this country has to make money. The system and the foundation that it's built upon, if we don't open up and start making money for these businesses, the people that do have the money and can support the small businesses instead of going to Taco Bell, instead of going to fucking Starbucks, instead of going to all these large businesses when the small ones are the, literally the foundation of the communities, the towns, the cities, the states, the ones that pay the most in fucking taxes, I guess you could say, one could argue otherwise, but still, supporting the small business, that makes the most sense. If we're going to survive, we have to reopen. We've got to open in some capacity. Do we have to open to international travel? Eh, one could argue one way or another. Do we have to go full balls out? That's another argument. But the other, the businesses within our communities have to be able to reopen. They just have to. So I don't know what else to tell you. It's just 
All right, well, good luck. Here's the information you're required to make the best decisions related to your own health. Here's the supplements that have been studied. Here's the vaccines that we're working on. Here are the places that are high risk. Figure it out for yourself. Figure it out for yourself and see where that takes you. And I know you're going to hear all the spooky, scary stories about, well, this person lost five people in their family. Or if you go to this city, this, this city is completely fucking filled with uh, COVID-19 patients and, and, and high risk of infection. Give them all the information and let the, let the individual decide what to do. Don't scare them. Tell them the truth. But then again, is that too much to ask? Well, apparently it fucking is because nobody believes anything that's going on anymore. It's hard for me to believe half the shit. I had to go and check out, um, there was a website that specifically goes and takes and looks at retracted articles and there's a shit ton of them for COVID. And I was looking at, I was specifically looking at ones for uh, articles related to ventilators, um, positive COVID testing when you enter a hospital, how the patients are being treated. The uh, I'm just trying to find any information as I normally could. And there's just, it's such a glob of shit that I don't know what to believe anymore. I have to trust my own, fa the own, I have to trust my own common sense facts, my own values, my own health and wellness that has gotten me this far in life to continue. Now I get it. Well, if you don't wear, if you don't do this and you don't do that or you don't obey by these rules, you're risking other people. I get that. I don't go out very often. I don't get in people's faces. I go out of my way to stay out of other people's way. Mostly because I just don't fucking like people. Uh, I like persons, individuals, but you know what? I'm just not in the mood for them right now because I don't know where they're coming from. So I'm just going to say fuck it and do my own thing. My gym is open. Awesome. I'm going. My grocery store has not closed. I'm still going. Have I gone into any restaurants since COVID? No. Do I normally go into restaurants? No, I actually don't. The last time I was at a restaurant was actually before everything was shut down. I went down to Boston before they shut down the entire street to, to go get food and pastries and all that other stuff. And the place was jam-packed. Now, what, do you, what the fuck else do you want me to do? And quite frankly, what you're going to uh, tell me to do, at this point, I'm just going to be stubborn. I'm just going to be stubborn, call bullshit on the whole thing because I don't know what facts to trust. And I have to go with the information that I've learned before this whole thing started and see where that takes me. Now, here's, I guess, I guess fuck it. Since this is my podcast and uh, I get shit for it anyways, here's where, I here's where I fall on the whole entire thing. Do I think the, do I think COVID-19 is a real virus that came from China? Yes, I do. Do I think it came from a wet market? Uh, from the information I understand, no, I don't. I think it came from the lab. Do I think it came from a lab on purpose? No, I think it was an accident. They were testing a they were testing a particular virus. I I would guess be, due to the fact that this spread so quickly. I think that the virus was genetically modified or being genetically modified or being just tested in general. And whether it, the animal in question got out or the person carrying the virus got out. Either way, that's how it got out from a lab. Not necessarily China's fault, but the fact that it... it and that's the scientific... I think the Wuhan lab is a international community. I don't know. I had to do more research on that. From the information... The initial research is... That's a open lab. Not like open in, you know, open to the press, but 
anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling on that to that too far down that. I think it came from the lab. I think it spread by accident. And it went through Wuhan. Wuhan is a high travel, is a high traffic area. And then during uh, Chinese New Year, it spread because everybody was coming and going and they locked it down. As far as the infection rate, I think it's pretty high. Do I think some states are have been infected as much as people think? As much as much has been reported? No. Do I think the uh, do I think people are more at risk because of the severity of the virus or the fact that they don't ca- take care of themselves? I choose the latter. I think people are surprisingly more unhealthy than we realize, whether it's due to obesity, proper lack of nutrition overall, proper lack of physical wellness such as eating, sleeping, supplementation, and just overall exhaustion of the body. And I think that's where COVID gets you. And when COVID, pneumonia, the flu, doesn't matter. They all creep up and they can all make your day shitty. Uh, so I think overall, I think that's how it got here. I think it was an accident. The idea of shutting down the entire economy, well, well we're seeing the effects of it. I think that was a horrible decision as far as shutting down the economy for as long as we did. We killed so many dreams. That's the thing. We killed more than people. We destroyed dreams. And I also think the fact that people who supposedly died from complications of COVID, I think we could pierce into that number even more and realize there was other uh, factors at play. But we'll never get that real information because the way information goes into a hospital is staggered to begin with. And then the way it gets reviewed in a hospital is staggered and static to begin with. And then the way it comes out is a complete fucking shit show to begin with. And then you have these news organizations and these local uh, governments, uh, like, you know, for example, those health re- local health officials, they take their information, they report it to the state, to the legislature, and then they make decisions based upon that. It's a shit show from the moment that patient walks into that facility, whether it's a clinic or a hospital. And I, it's a, it's a complete disaster. I don't even think we know the actual statistics here. I think it's a fucking shit show. And I want to know more about how, well, I'd want to know more about a lot of things, but I just, I don't think we'll ever get that information. I think it was panic that was set on by the media and the media needed something and they got it. And then when COVID started to deteriorate and ratings started going down, it was, it became, well, the next thing that popped up obviously were the protests and the riots and the looting. And then of course the, uh, the idea that, I mean, obviously, obviously doesn't take a fucking genius to know that if you have thousands of people marching down the street, okay, basically cheek to cheek, hand to hand in each other's faces, fighting with the cops, with each other. Well, obviously in looting businesses, basically contaminating businesses, no shit. COVID spread. Obviously COVID spread. Duh. So there's another factor. So it it makes sense that a lot of these uh, areas that had a high amount of, well, either they reopened early or they had large amounts of protest. What's Maybe there's some data there that actually is believable. And there you have it, a spike. And another reason to go backwards. Well, fine. American Airlines is like, fuck it. We need to make money or we're not going to be here. Maybe they are too big to fail, or maybe they're so big they should fail. It doesn't matter. 
They're booking at full capacity, and whatever happens, happens. So if you want to take that risk and you want to go to, I don't know, Tulsa, go ahead. Go ahead. But I don't know what else to tell you as far as I'm not buying. I never really do buy everything that they're selling. I don't. As somebody who's gone out of their way to take care of themselves as much as I have in the past few years, I'm not buying what the media is telling me. I'm not buying even what the CDC and the WHO are, are telling me. I get it. I, I get how dangerous something like this can be to somebody with an immune with, uh, with a compromised immune, immune system. How many people on the, in the United States are on immunosuppressants? That's another good question. How did they get on immunosuppressants? Why were they recommended on immunosuppressants? Uh, what is that doing to their immunity as far as COVID or any other contagion out there as well? Is there? Any, I mean, that's one thing. That's another thing. Then as far as nutrition and wellness, add that into the mix. We did this to ourselves. So we deserve it. Whatever the fuck. So American Airlines at least is that first company. First of all, kudos to that for being like, listen, you take a risk. You, you buy that ticket. You sign a waiver. I, I, I mean, that's what else are you going to say in that matter? We need to make, they need to make money. They need to make money because if they're not making money, then the airports are not making money. The airports are not making money. That community is not making money. It can all, look how quickly it, fall, it fell apart. Now, the only thing the good to come out of this, and as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that the stock market is so affordable to buy right now that more when than if we get out of this, you're going to be able to cash out and make a lot of money. Or you're going to basically build your entire retirement portfolio on the fact that a lab in China fucked up. You could literally start your entire retirement portfolio right now. And in 10 years, five years, you could have a shitload of cash. But you got to dive in right now. And don't buy any companies that are basically going to declare bankruptcy if they haven't already. But as far as American Airlines, they say, as more people continue to, continuing on with the article, American head, uh, Americans headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas, where the governor, Greg Abbott, on Friday rolled back some steps that the state had taken just two months ago in an aggressive attempt to reopen its economy. Props for trying. The airline announced changes deep into the press release that was mostly devoted to measures it's taking to clean planes and kill the virus. Quote, as more people continue to travel, customers may notice the flights are booked to capacity starting July 1st. Americans said, starting Tuesday, Americans will ask American will ask passengers to confirm that they haven't had COVID-19 symptoms in the previous 14 days. Uh, Harvey, uh, let's see, a travel analyst with Atmosphere Research Group said American is clearly putting its profitability ahead of the health of both passengers and its own, and its own employees. Well, yeah, it's obvious, and I don't blame them either. Uh, let's see, what else do they say? Packing an airline 100% full without health testing is a place for risky businesses. If someone contracts COVID-19 virus on a 100% full plane, they're going to sue American Airlines. Just because another airline is doing it doesn't mean it's the right business decision. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that there's going to be a shit ton of lawsuits. Not that there isn't a shit ton of lawsuits already pending, but I'm sure, they're gonna, sure there's going to be more aimed in every which way. There's just going to be legal lawsuit guns firing in every fucking direction at every company you could possibly imagine. And every time a lawsuit 
gets filed against the company, the price of their service or products or goods goes up. And we as consumers pay the consequences of that, pay, suffer the consequences of that. Uh, another expert, though, travel agent Brett Snyder, who writes a blog called Cranky Flyer, said American probably has data to back up its decision from a business perspective. Quote, if they are making this change to sell every seat, then they know that people talk a lot about preferring empty middle seats. But in the end, they will, they will still fly if the price is right. American offered to rebook people whose flights may be full, but only about 4%. Okay, so the economy is moving in a certain direction right now. It, it is moving along. Comcast has already reinserted its data caps. All the insurance company uh, uh, premium discounts that you were seeing right in the beginning, they're all going away. American Airlines is already booking at full capacity. Spirit, well, you know, uh, basically shoots out of a cannon. They're booking at full capacity. The other airlines are already booking at 60 to 70% of capacity. Okay. Restaurants and bars are open, are opening up in some way, shape, or form. Uh, unemployment is going to, is going to, the extra added bonus unemployment is going away. People will have no choice. They will have to risk it for the sake of their own, themselves, the family that surrounds them, and their community. They're going to go out and they're going to risk it. What the fuck else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Insurance companies will have no choice but to do an about face on this and say, okay, we're going to cover it. We're going to keep the cost down. You know, supply meets demand. We have enough. By the time this thing reaches its pinnacle, we either have a vaccine or it's already going to run its course or a bunch of people are going to die. Who the fuck knows? I don't know what else to tell you. We're out of options. We got to keep going. We're already heading in that direction. We're already heading in that direction. Comcast has pretty much already turned off all of its COVID uh, danger shit, and they're already out fixing a lot of their power lines and, and cable lines and shit like that. It's it's done. It's over. You you don't you want to stay home? You can stay home. But the economy is going to move forward without you now. Okay. And the comp these companies that see their lines and know how much they have in their cash reserves know that if they have the choice to open up, they're going to open up. You know, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing. Of, some of you are tired of hearing about COVID, uh, but it's still a thing because it has less to do with the virus right now and everything to do with money and politics. And I can't talk about politics on this podcast because it's such a fucking deep and complicated subject. And that's the problem with COVID is now COVID is a political subject because the, the, the protests are now involved. Racism is apparently now involved. Money, uh, state to state, the federal government, it's all involved. So even talking about COVID is now a political is now a political uh, uh, discussion. COVID is now a conspiracy theory discussion. COVID is now a race discussion. So how the fuck do you talk about a subject this intense for a virus that actually has not been as deadly as we expected it to be, but does apparently travel at a higher uh, does contract at a higher percentage. Apparently. So how do you talk about it? Full speed ahead. Crash right through the bricks. So I don't I don't know what else to tell you. But on top of that, I'm actually going to, let's see, we're going to jump to Q&A, but I'm going to jump to Q&A after this, and then I want to read something from Dub Davidoff. But the fact is, we don't have a choice anymore. We don't. People, there are people that have, okay, I've said this before. People who have immunosuppressant 
issues. They're on immunosuppressants or they have immuno, uh, autoimmune disorders or immunodeficiency order, disorder, whatever. Those people can have serious complications from anything that's transmittable. So they have to make certain sacrifices that I don't have to. Okay? They, they, my mother is the same way. She, But that's a woman who's survived plenty in her life. And she's not going to let a little, as scared as she may be, she's not going to let a little fucking bug stop her from doing what she needs to do. Okay? She's already seen the effects on certain businesses in the area affecting her daily life. But she has to, has to go on and do shit. Okay? And eventually this will become an old subject. People are tired of talking about it. Quite frankly, I'm fucking, I wanted to be done talking about it. I just wanted to go ahead and look at my, and, and see, and watch the market recover. Which the market is recovering in some, in some capacities. Um, but eventually there's not going to be any more uh, furloughs or forbearances or forgiveness on paying your debts. Uh, if you got a mortgage, you're going to have to pay it. If your unemployment's up, you're going to have to find a job. Places are hiring. You know, there are opportunities out there for you to save your own ass if you are willing enough, willing enough to get off your ass and look. But yet, there are some people out there that they, why would they go back to work and risk anything when they can make a shitload of money off of unemployment plus the CARES Act? I don't blame them. I'd stay home too. But I don't have those luxuries. I have to keep moving. I'm not a person who likes to sit on my ass and do nothing. I can't. I don't ha- I don't own any streaming services. I don't have a TV larger than 32 inches. Um I just I'd rather be out there active in the world. So fuck it. Let's just keep moving. The economy is opening up. The economy is opening back up. Airlines are moving forward. Businesses are reopening. My state is reopening. So, let's do it. Let's fucking dive in head first. What other choice do we have? All right, so we're at 28 minutes. Um, this might be a shorter episode, but fuck it. I'm, was, I didn't wake up feeling the best today, but I know it has everything to do with the fact that I just slept like shit. Okay? Just slept like shit and whatever. Fuck it. Just, you know, take a little pre-workout, sip some more coffee than normal, and get right after it. And uh, if, if, the, if the episode is subpar to my liking, I review it every week, make adjustments, move on to the next one. Fuck it. We just keep going. You know, it's uh, summertime and there's no time to waste. I don't care. I'd fuck. I'd hike, I'd hike a mountain with 100 fever. I don't give a shit. I'd do whatever it takes. You're going to have tough days. Can't stay home. Uh, anyways, what's, uh, I'm, I'm rambling as I normally do. I didn't have all my, I didn't have my real, my notes with me this week. I had everything, I have everything laid out in links. And, uh, so basically I'm just going from link to link. And then when I look at my time, I look at my time markers and then I decide which articles are best suitable. There's a bunch that I'm going to run into for Sunday leftovers. Like for example, the uh, drone footage of Mount Everest, the nuclear, the new nuclear power options, uh, the China issue, but that's that's a toughie. That's a deep subject to dump into. Um, so maybe another day. But I do want to get to these Q and A's because there's some interesting ones. So let's go ahead and take a sip of water. Mm-hmm. Oh, also coffee this week. Uh, Green Mountain coffee, uh, pistachio flavored. Two scoop, and then th- so one scoop of that. Two scoops of Cafe Bustello. And then one scoop of uh, organic Peruvian whole bean. Excellent, excellent brew. 
a little lighter, a little more caffeine, uh, and uh, definitely plenty of flavor. So that's my kudos to that. So here's Q&A for this week. Should I file a false police report to get my stepson arrested? I am in my 60s and newly married to an amazing woman. We both have adult children. All are loving, sharing adults who get along well. Except for my wife's son, who is very likely the most entitled person I have ever met. Deep down, unhappy, and very insecure. My wife, my wife, and I have a wonderful marriage. But I subscribe strongly to the adage, we are only as happy as our unhappiest child. Friends of his recently told us that he has a drug problem. My wife and I are committed to providing her son with the help he needs. So long as he acknowledges the drug abuse, but he denies he has a problem. Though through professional association, I am well-versed with personality disorders, addiction, and therapy programs. We have informed him that unless he is willing to take this step forward, he will be persona non grata, persons not allowed, at family events. My wife is now being emotionally abused by his diatribes. He is used to getting his way, uh, and he believes he is above the law. Knowing he will not seek help, I have considered. I am con- been considering sending an anonymous tip to the police about a drug party at his address. All right, n- never, ever, ever file file a file. Never file a false police report. Never do it. It will bury you professionally, criminally, socially, family. Just don't do it. Never file a false police report. Then again, you can call the police and you can sit down and discuss with them that your son, your wife's son has a drug problem. You can discuss that with them and you feel he's gonna and you feel like he's a harm to himself and others. And that way, you can file a report with the police department but in a way that is not a false claim. You believe he has a drug problem, even though he's in denial, and you can and you fear that he's also not only a danger to himself, but he's a danger to us as well at the house. And then you file that report. So it's on record. And then you could say, well, and then you can give information about him, where what you know about his daily routine, and then go from there. Uh, that would be my route. That's the position I would take in this situation. Filing a, pol- a false police report will and will get you in handcuffs. Will get you in handcuffs if they find if they come to the conclusion that you knowingly submitted false information. Yes, you will go to jail, and it is not good. You will lose your job, or you will lose your credibility, or both. So definitely don't do that. I understand where you're coming from. You're merely asking the question, but the answer is don't do what your original intentions were. All right, next up. What is the best way to get my boss to stop pretending to punch me in the groin? My manager keeps pretending to punch me in the groin when I walk past. This happens at least once on every shift. I have asked him to stop doing it more than once as it makes me jump back and I suffer from a back injury, so it can be quite painful. He laughs about it when he does it, and I am sure he does it in jest, but he refuses to stop doing it. He simply laughs and says he would never actually hit me there, but it's automatic to jump back out of the way. My friend who's a store manager in another store informs me that because of where he aims, it can be deemed as sexual harassment. Is this a case and what is the way forward? Uh, it's not... No, it's joshing. It's like... It, it's silly. First of all, it is silly boy shit. You do it once or twice, it's one thing. You keep doing it, it becomes... I like any joke, whether it's... Any joke in any capacity, if it just keeps being done 
it's a played joke. It becomes a hacky joke. So your your boss, your manager, excuse me, is a hackster. He just makes a hacky joke. That's kind of his thing. He doesn't know how else to what do you call it? Um, talk with you or converse with you or or feel like you guys are kind of one and the same. And I've said in the past, your manager is never one and the same with you. That's your manager. That's your supervisor. Completely different, separate relationships. Um, if you have, but if you have it back issues, first of all, no, it's not sexual harassment. It's just a hacky joke. I'm assuming you are a. I'm assuming you're a guy. Even if you aren't, I don't give a shit. It's kind of out the way. Um, if you're a chick, he's not going to punch you in the bug. Uh, the idea, though, that if you have back issues, I mean, yeah, you can be like, I, I got back issues. You can bring that up. You do what you feel is best, but you obviously alienating your boss is like one of those things that nobody ever wants to do. It's like the most uncomfortable thing. It truly is. So you have to figure out how, I mean, he's this person simply laughs, says he would never actually hit me there, but it's an automatic jump out of the way. Well, I mean, you can walk through it and get hit, uh, and then he'll never do it again. You can just say your back hurts today, uh, you know, shit like that. It's kind of a toughie because, I mean, nobody wants to alienate their boss. And filing a harassment claim against them is just going to basically crumble the whole situation. Yeah, he'll never do it again, but then it's like, well, why don't you come... If you do that, then it's like, well, why don't you come talk to me first? You could talk to him about that, but don't say anything about harassment. It's not harassment. It's it's just a hacky greeting, like when somebody gives you the double guns or something like that. It's basically the same thing. Um, and then obviously after a while, it starts to loop in your head and it gets distorted and you start thinking another thing when it was not that thing at all. Now, you, so yeah, I, I would make sense. It needs to stop. It, it needs to It needs to stop, but at the same time, I don't think it's anything, it's definitely not anything malicious, and it's not anything sexual. So, chill, but try to get out of the situation the most effective way you can without crumbling the relationship you have with your manager that you even wanted to one to begin with is surprising. Okay. Next up, what are we at, 36 minutes? Okay. Hmm. Should I estrange myself from my 14-year-old sister because my girlfriend had a dream that she's a witch? My girlfriend's mom is very unorthodox Christian, is a very unorthodox Christian. She has a lot of bizarre bizarre beliefs and basically believes that God still contacts people today through dreams and signs. She believes that he has chosen people and that he has a special relationship with and gives messages to. My girlfriend is in some ways worse than her mom and in some ways better. She believes that she's one of those chosen people. Last night this morning... Slash this morning, my girlfriend apparently had a dream where God basically told her that my sister is evil and have, and to have nothing to do with her. She thinks my sister has somehow gotten involved in witchcraft. My sister is 14. She literally had a nightmare and believed it. She wants me to talk to my sister and basically try to get her to stop. If she won't stop, then my girlfriend and want, girlfriend wants to cut my sister off. If she won't stop, then my girlfriend wants me to cut my sister off. I don't want to disrespect her religion, but this is just insane. What do I say? What do I do? We've been dating since eighth grade, so breaking up with her would cause a ton of emotional pain that I just can't handle right now. Well, there's a problem. Your girlfriend's bought into some crazy. Your girlfriend ate too many crazy cookies, and it needs to be this hammer needs to be sh- slammed down. She the, the whole 
this I, I mean, what was the movie the crucible or something like that um where daniel day lewis was uh banging that chick on the side and then she started seeing dreams and and uh visions of people being witches this is the salem witch trials basically and this kind of sounds like kind of it's kind of similar to that so she wants you to ostracize her from the family uh in order to appease her well yeah you can't do that if your sister's never done anything evil if your sister's never done anything wrong well she's 14 i mean so you can't no you have to you yeah you if she's been if you guys have been dating since 8th grade then you need to well is she going to cut you off is she going to cut you off then dude what is she going to say to you what is she going to say about you if she is that absolutely insane to the fact that she believes that she is the, she's one of the chosen people of God and that, like I said, I generally in this rule have no religion, no sports, and no politics, but cra- I didn't say nothing about crazy. She believes something crazy. She thinks your, your sister is fucking Satan, and she wants you to stop talking to her. That's like, that, you know, that kind of reeks of attention whore as well. You need to tell her, listen, I'm not knocking my sister's 14 she's got a lot to learn she's not fucking evil so you need to knock it off with that bullshit and if i sense anything yeah emotionally dude you're gonna deal with all kinds of crazy emotional shit uh, throughout your entire life and maybe a breakup would be a good thing for you considering that i mean what else you do you want to keep let me put it this way do you want to keep your sister or keep your girlfriend which one do you want to keep if you want to keep your sister, which I'm guessing you do, then get rid of that girl. I don't. I'm. I'm guessing. I'm just guessing that the that the that the sex is fucking insane. Because you know why? The girl's insane. So that those go hand in hand. If the chick's out of her fucking mind, I'm sure she's insane in the sack too. And that's why you're still contemplating in your head. Well, maybe I can make the make peace between the two, so I can still get my crazy in bed, and I can st- and still keep my family doesn't no it doesn't work that way so you gotta basically drop the hammer on this be a fucking man approach your girlfriend and be like hey i know we've been together since eighth grade i know you well enough knock this shit off my 14 year old sister is not evil at least not yet wait till she turns 18 then you can say she's insane or evil next up how can i get my roommate to train her oh god not another dog freaking on uh how can I get my roommate to train her dog, which keeps scratching and growling at me? My roommate of three years and I get along great, and I consider her a very close friend. I own the house, and she rents a room. Last year, she asked if she could get a dog. I love animals. I have three cats. Cats aren't the same. And I said yes. We were both clear that I was never responsible for walking or feeding the dog. We did not discuss training, which I now regret. The dog jumps up to lick the counter dozens of times a day and guards my roommate's room and growls if I walk by the door. She displays aggression towards me about once a week, growling and jumping to scratch my stomach and back. I have already decided that if she bites me, I will tell my roommate the dog cannot live here anymore. My roommate has been talking about sending the dog to an intensive training program for a couple months, but it keeps falling through. Recently, after another scratching incident, I told her that she had to get the dog into a program. She said that, uh, she said everywhere was closed or had a long waiting list because of the virus. Do you think I should lay out a specific deadline at this point? Like, the dog needs to be in a program in the next 60 days 
or she needs to rehome the dog or move out. We have a lot of discussions about the dog's training, but I have never raised the possibility that the dog will need to leave, and I'm afraid she will react very badly to that suggestion. She was also brought up money as a barrier to training the dog a lot. We have vastly different socioeconomic situations, and I really don't want it to sound like spending all this money or I'm spend all this money or I'm kicking you out. I really don't want to hurt my friend or cause damage to our friendship, but I also don't want to be scared of a dog in my own house. Well, it depends that um it depends on the dog too as far as, you know, what kind of training is required. Some dogs like German shepherds require a lot of activity, they require a lot of direction. Uh other dogs you can just simply buy giving them strong discipline and strong and a lot of love and uh make giving being having them be around people and other animals. They are like my my pitbull is is basically the drunk friend who's friendly to the drunk guy at the party who's friendly to everyone, oh, sometimes overly friendly, but has learned its lessons as far as not eating off the table and not being aggressive at all, at all, and is a lot of fun to hang out with, but it's a pit bull. Pit bulls are needy. They need love constantly. Now, but it has had training. Some require prof- Some animals require professional training depending upon the breed or whether it was rescue or trauma, or what have you. But the fact is, if she can afford the dog, she has to afford vaccines, registration, and training. You have no choice. She has to get the dog trained. Because if the dog is in your home, the dog is now your liability. And that liability needs to be curbed. So you need to have that dog trained. Is that your financial responsibility? I would say no. But it would be your financial liability if that dog came out of your home and attacked somebody. So that dog needs to get trained like fucking now. And a lot of states are opening up and a lot of dog training facilities, I know very well, are open or opening. And if you give her 30 days, 30 days or that's it, you got to go because you're no longer respecting the rules of the house and I'm being taken for granted as the homeowner. So in this case, that dog within 30 days or within two weeks, you can even do that, needs to be in a program and needs to be in the training cycle. And you can do a lot in the fir- within the first day of training, a lot can be accomplished. Within the first five weeks, the dog can have a complete transformation as long as they stick to the training. Is training expensive? Yes. So is a lawsuit. So I highly recommend to your roommate, get that shit taken care of or get packing. So you have, you're you're in the right here when it comes to that. Next topic. Should I continue taking okay. Should I continue taking deep offense when people ask me and my wife how long we've been together? My wife and I are elderly and we are often asked, How long have you guys been together? This is usually directed to my wife, who has some cognitive issues that I believe the questioner ha- the questioner has perceived. People who ask such questions to someone they suspect as cognitive issues are, in my opinion, low forms of humanity and do not deserve a polite answer. My wife usually hesitates and looks at me to help her out, asking how long. If they both if they both insist, I turn, give the coldest expression I can muster, and mutter, I don't remember. This ends the matter, but if it happens to be two women together asking the rude question, they start whispering to each other that I am a grouch. Well, you just gotta answer, how long have you guys been together? You can just answer the question. And I think you're... 
being a little too forward in completing the scenario of what they're actually thinking or why they're actually asking that. People want to, when people ask how long you've been together, uh, people want hope. When, when they see a couple that has been, to, I guess, been together a long time, they want to know that if you guys have been together a long time, it gives them confidence and gives them hope that there are still people out there that care enough about each other that can stay together for a long time. So it gives them hope and, and motivation to continue at it or to rework on their relationship or something like that. So it's not a harm. It's not a harmful question, you know. And also context of how it's said. You know, so there's like, how long have you guys been together, or how long have you guys been together. And then there's like, how long have you guys been together. You know, it's like you have to. It's that's that's context as well. But I don't find any harm in it. Yeah, I get it. If she she asks. She's the, this person's being asked and has cognitive issues. You know, that's a different subject altogether. But it's not like they know and they're asking the questions. I don't think people are evil in that way. I think people are evil in plenty of ways. But I don't think for this question, I don't think they take the time to figure that shit out. Uh, I think you're overthinking it. And I think you should, you could just answer the question. There's nothing, there's nothing, at least in first, I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong. There's nothing wrong with, asking such a question you know you can ask a girl how old she is obviously any any girl over 18 uh like asking like a 32 year old or a 40 year old how old are you you know that's that's one thing that girls get pissed but how long have you guys been together is a different thing that's women volunteer that information all the time so why wouldn't you let's continue on here all right this is the final one of the day what should i do about a 60 year old woman i know who wears clothes i don't like I know a 60-year-old woman who wears high-heeled shoes and no pantyhose with miniskirts without even a slip underneath. When she wears light-colored miniskirts, they, they're somewhat see-through in the daylight. She wears bikini-style underwear and through the skirt. There are visible rolls around her bottom, waist, and stomach. She's not really someone to whom I can say something, so what would you recommend? Well, I mean, if you're a dude or a chick and you're looking to cash out because maybe she's got a high bank account and she's looking to uh, find herself a recipient of all that cash, I mean, maybe you should just go after it. I mean, maybe you're saving up for like a PlayStation 5 or a new boat or something like that. Maybe she's got a lot of cash. You got to dive into some of that granny cash, yo, and just go after it. I mean, if that's the case, I mean, why not? People do gross shit for money all the time. Why, why shouldn't you dive in and cash out in the end? Hell, I've even considered it in some in, in my darkest of days. So why not? Fuck it. I mean, obviously, if you have no interest whatsoever and you're just concerned because you don't like it, well, there's a lot of people out there that do shit that you don't like throughout your entire day. This, that's life. You go into a store, there's music playing that you don't like. There's people at a restaurant eating shit that you don't like. There's people doing shit in traffic that you don't like. There's people muttering to themselves in the streets that sound like fucking idiots. Uh, there's people that have breath that you th- find d- disgusting. Just don't talk to them. Avoid them. That's all. You know, unless they have something really valuable. There's nothing, there's no issue here. There's somebody who's wearing shit that you don't care for. All right, whoopty fucking do. It's just driving you nuts in their head. It's driving you, you're trying to fix somebody with your eyes, with your head. You're just constantly driving around looking at shit, trying to fix it. That's not how things work. All that's going to give you is a headache. So you might as well just get over it. 
quit looking, you know, just quit looking at it, avoid it. I'm not sure where you're seeing it, but you see this person and then you brought it up. Is this a person you see on a daily basis or somebody you work with? I hope, I hope not. But in either case, fucking get over it. There's gross people everywhere. All right, we are 50 minutes. I wanted to close on, um, so I haven't been to New York since uh, I shot week 100 of the vlog on YouTube. YouTube, positive sarcasm. You can look at week 100. It wasn't my best vlog, but New York was vibing. New York, New York was alive. New York was safe from what I understand, from what I was doing. I mean, New York was super safe. I was all over the place. Jersey was a shithole, but that's Jersey. But New York was awesome to be there and vlog through. You know, just I, I was on the subways. I was on all parts of town and at all times of the day. But after the $1 billion budget cuts and the recent riots and the fact that they have a shit mayor, apparently it's fallen apart. Um, my father was a riot cop in New York City in the mid-1970s and saw the worst sort of people and the best sort of people, but I mean, it was a it was a bad situation, and right now people are are fleeing. I've talked about how many people leave New York every year, but apparently they're it's coming to the point where people can't run their businesses, and the cops are handed uh, their hands are tied behind their back. It's a mess, and I didn't know what was true and what was not. So Dove Davidoff, who is a New York comedian. Um, I would figure I'd take it from the comics. The comics would know. They're the canaries in the cold mine. And when they're affected, that means something significant is on the horizon. And that's the best because if that's the best thing to, for them to do because right now comedians are not working in New York City. Right now there are other parts of the country, country that are opening that the comedians are traveling to. But it isn't New York. And Dove Davidoff posted on his Instagram about uh, 11 people being shot in under 12 hours. And he has this nice little piece that he wrote on his Instagram. You can go check it out, Dub David off on Instagram. But here's what he wrote, and I'll read it word for word. Hmm. Just need some water. Tompkins Square Park. Uh, Tompkins Square Park is filled with addicts and homeless. The city is becoming increasingly dirty, and shootings were up 100% last month in Brooklyn from this time last year. The article I read said in most cases, liquor, marijuana, and gambling were involved. Shocker. Police are afraid to patrol because of the administration will not back them. They are now the enemy of the progressives. Policy reorganization, yes. Chop their balls off, no. We will all suffer, and no one will suffer more than the poor. The affluent will continue to flee New York. I'm not particularly fond of the affluent. Most comedians aren't. But they're responsible for the vast majority of economic dyna dynam dynamism. Dynamism. I probably said that wrong, but we'll continue on anyways. Uh, and tax revenue. So without which you will be living in Baltimore or East St. Louis. City tax revenue already facing a massive budget shortfall will continue to decline. And with it, every public institution, schools, city services, fire, cops, social programs, etc. This will breed, uh, they will all be greatly affected. This will breed greater inequity among rich and poor, contributing to greater racial injustice, quote, not the reverse. 
We are throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yes. Disenfranchisement and its comorbidity. Uh, wow, he's a fucking. He's using big words. Are the function comorbid comorbidities? Disenfranchisement and comorbidities are the function of the downside of capitalistic greed and ineffective policies. The answer, however, is not chaos in the name of racial justice. A reorganization of law and order policy needs to be addressed. But if every time a cop makes contact with somebody who is non-white, he's called a racist, and the administration takes a knee instead of enforcing quality of life laws, you'll be left with a city that can't possibly begin to address the very reason the movement began in the first place. The most dynamic aspect of capitalism is that you're incentivized to go build a better mousetrap, and the world will beat a path to your door. So far, people are hollering about tearing down the current mousetrap without any quality ideas for replacement. Imagine being in a car that breaks down on the highway, but instead of filling the radiator with water and changing the oil, you decide to paint the car a brighter color. Uh, let's see. So that's Dove Davidoff. And yeah, the affluent and the highly valuable will just leave New York. They'll leave it. They'll, ta they'll write it off as a tax break. And all that tax money will be gone from New York. New York has lost nine is is off by nine billion dollars, and then they just cut the police budget by another billion. And now, what are they doing with that nine billion? Are they just cutting it? No, they're reallocating it to other parts of New York, as far as social services. I don't know how, but they're not doing they're not doing themselves any favors. New York is falling apart, and uh, I have to say, somebody. Who, Somebody like Dove Davidoff and others that like him, comedians who are on the ground, who who punch, who, who hit the pavement every single night, doing spots everywhere, from the Comedy Cellar to the Fatback Pussycat to um, New York comedy clubs, all of the city. They see and feel the city every single night. They know what's going down. And there are places that are still closed, people are still aggravated, and the cops can't do anything. And if that's the case... New York was never was a place that, for some reason, wasn't supposed to work, but it did. For some reason, all those ingredients that didn't make any sense somehow came together after all this time and made one of the most amazing cities, one of the most interesting cities. When I was there, there were skyscrapers going, there, going up that I couldn't possibly fathom or understand or could ever afford. And yet, all, the buildings were going up everywhere. The buildings were going up everywhere. And I couldn't imagine, like, how was this affordable? How is this going to be? How is this going to sustain itself? It just has to take one bad event; and it'll all come crashing down. And right now, Manhattan is not favorable to small businesses. Same thing with Brooklyn. And Brooklyn was very dependent upon small businesses, and was also becoming affluent and gentrified and well livable. But with all this uprising and the constant rioting and nobody to enforce law and order. It can fall apart very quickly. It has before. New York used to be called, for a while it was listed, known as Fear City. Fear City. Do not go out after set, after sundown or you will die. This was the, this was the early 1980s. Uh, they made a movie about it. It was called The Warriors. It was based on a, it was based on a real uh, concept of New York City where there was so many gangs, so many gangs, Constant fighting everywhere you go. 
And it's sad to know that one of my favorite cities, well, for the time was my favorite city because it was just unfathomable. It was it was just unconscionable how this this city happens to work. It just happens to be. It happens to exist. And a city that never sleeps is now in a coma. And it may never wake up. And if all the dries up, if all the money dries up in New York, they may pull the plug on it. It could get abandoned. It could happen. And I don't know if the economy could ever recover from a New York City collapsing. And I just hope that isn't the case in for the next few years. But it's going to take a few years to fix the damage that has been done. So, for all the New York comics, for all the restaurants, you know, Little Frankie's, uh, Frank Prisonzano's restaurants, I, I, anybody who's a small business owner, Jerry Media, which is in Soho, you know, good luck, guys. I don't know how you're going to get out of this one. But if you got to go, go. Anyways, we are, we're at one hour. Uh, we're done. I've done what I can. It was an exhausting day. Uh, but I gave you know I gave you what I got every single week, and I'll continue to do it. I got I was also spending some time working on a new vlog, uh, trying to put some stuff together, and it, I have to do a lot of downloading and transferring of data to put it into the proper folder so I can do the extraction and start the editing process. And I was also doing some voiceover work yesterday too. But until then, uh, we are at one hour. I want to thank you guys all for listening, watching, subscribing. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, email me directly. Positive sarcasm at outlook com. You want to donate. Imagine this. If 2 million people donated $1 to this podcast, imagine the possibilities. Imagine the content I could deliver to you after that. $1, 2 million people. I mean, hey, just throwing it out there. Uh, you can find me on iTunes to download this podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, CastBox, Podcast Addict. Anywhere where podcasts are available, including my own website, PositiveSarcasm.com. Download or stream directly from there. Posing music, movie reviews, YouTube vlogs, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm podcast on YouTube. Find me on uh, social media as well. But until then, I'd like to thank you folks for listening, watching, subscribing, and not canceling me yet, or at least not attempting to. But I will talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studios. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated once again positive sarcasm.com slash donate